welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have David Richter on the call, and David has is going to have a new book available December 7th, 2021. And you can find details at simplecfobook.com, and I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But in a nutshell, profit first for real estate investing if everybody would take a step back and look at previous conversations I've had, I've had a conversation with Mike Michalowicz, who wrote the book Profit First. And David has worked with Michael on this, where it's geared towards real estate investing, which I think is long overdue. So David, I appreciate your time here today. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Well, I first have to start things off by asking what began this process of, of formulating this book? I've been a real estate investor since 2012, so about almost 10 years now. And that I've enjoyed real estate investing. I got started you know, with a fix and flip property and I uh, did that. I did a property where I put a tenant in there and did a legal lease option and he paid early and then cashed me out. And I'm like, I really like this. So I started working with a real estate investing company where we, I got, it was an awesome, that was a great learning and education experience because I got to sit in every seat. It was like a growing business. We went from like five deals a month to 30 deals a month. One of the seats I sat in was the finance seat and eventually, and I really enjoyed learning about, you know, okay, I sat in acquisitions and I sat in, you know, the selling of the properties and I sat in property management and project management. And it's cool to see how the money flows through, like from, you know, how it's collected to how we pay it out to just all the different things inside the business. And I realized quickly, like we had 25, 30 deals a month that we were doing, but we were, we had 25 employees. We had a bunch of overhead. So that to me was eye-opening, just being shown how the numbers interact and what that really means in a small business, kind of really what Robert Kiyosaki and those other authors talk about the language of money and really starting to understand it. Then we moved across country because I sold some of my properties, started working with another investor in Richmond, Virginia area, and went in there. And the first thing we did was like, I said, we got to get the finances. I need to know the numbers. I need to know where we are so we can get better from here. And so that was what we did. And over the course of that period, he said, you've changed my life because we were able to go in there and not only give him the numbers, but then he was able to refinance some of his properties, put money in his pocket, get better deals, you know, go after a different type of um, acquisition source. And so he told me like, Hey, that's this whole process has changed my life. And I was like, I got to help more people. And then I got a call from my mentor who said, I heard you're going to help people with this. Like you need to read the book profit first. So I said, okay, I'll read it. So I read it one sitting that night, like 10 pages of notes and said, I need to help people with this. So I started implementing profit first with real estate investing companies because that was who I was and I liked it. And I knew cash flow issues were abundant in the real estate investing mm -hmm. world. So that's where I then went to Mike about six months later and said, 
we even implemented this in several real estate investing companies and it's really working. And, you know, we've kind of got our own flavor to it. And, you know, real estate's more nuanced and has, it's different than just a service-based business. So like, I think it needs its own book. And I emailed him that, and then he set up, a, we set up a call together and he said, yeah, I really like that idea. I think we should do a book for specifically for the real estate investing marketplace. So that's kind of how it was born. And then that was July 2 of 2020. So this is 14 months later when we're airing, when we're actually talking on this podcast, but now I physically have the book in hand after hours and hours and hours of writing, editing, and getting it done, but it officially launches December 7th, but that's kind of how it came to fruition and kind of a little bit about my background in the real estate investing world and why I'm passionate about helping the cash flow situation and the real estate investing world. Yeah, no, you you make a very valid point regarding the cash flow scenario with, with a lot of uh, real estate investing businesses. And and yeah. I think this is one of those things that are is very underserved and, um, and not a focus. So there, there's so much focus on the the acquisition and the sale, but to control a, and actually turn this into an actual business, mm-hmm. I think is really underserved. <clears throat> That being said, you know, for those who may not have an idea of what this profit first thing actually is, could you summarize a little bit exactly what you're proposing here? Yeah. So profit first, I would say first is a mindset belief. It's a it's a difference between the regular formula of that you hear from most accountants, CPAs, bookkeepers of you sales minus expenses equals profit, meaning you make a sale, you pay everyone else, and then what you have left over, hopefully at the end of the year or at the end of a property, you actually take some profit. But the profit first formula is sales minus profit equals expenses. It's just a subtle shift between two you know, placements between profit and expenses, meaning you make a sale, you allocate your, op- your profit first, meaning you take your profit first, and then you live off, your business will live off of what's left over. And that is the whole, if I had to wrap it up, you are making profit a habit in your business from your first deal when you're first getting started from your thousandth deal or thousandth rental property or whatnot, building profitability into each deal and into your business overall and making sure you have that. So, and we're talking about cash profit here. We're not talking about some fake made up number by a CPA. We're talking about true cash profit. So that's like the overview of the simple overview of the mindset, which that's what we have to get through people. Cause most people are just out here grinding every day. Like I got to pour more into my business. I need to take as little as possible for myself. You know, we got to grow this thing and they don't realize they're suffocating themselves and going to be a, a statistic. Like most businesses end up being and going out of business because they run out of cash. So that's where that mindset comes into play. There's the practical side of it too, and how to make it a habit, which we can go over, but I wanted to at least give that overview of the mindset. Well, you know, this is a simple premise, actually, really, when you think about it, is the concept that uh, if you usually if you earn it and you have it in the same bucket, uh, you typically will spend it. I mean, you're so you're you're removing your profit out of the scenario. That's exactly true. So the practical steps, which is why I love this system and why I wanted to write this book, Profit First for Real Estate Investing, is 
I love Robert Kiyosaki's books. I love Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I love the Cashflow Quadrant. I love those books. I love The Richest Man in Babylon, David Bach's books, like different people's books about finance. But And they all say one thing over and over again, pay yourself first. Make sure you're paying yourself. Make sure, you know, they're beating that into your head where I felt like Profit First says, here's the practical way to do that. Here's the mindset you should have pay yourself first and be a profitable business. And then it has teeth behind it and says, here's some practical steps to get started, which those steps are you physically set up bank accounts that are for the owner's benefit. So what are those three? I call them the the golden trio. Because if you can see this podcast, then you can see that I'm a person, I'm pretty nerdy. I like movies, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, I'm like a pretty typical person. So I like the big sagas like Star Wars or Harry Potter. They've got the three main heroes inside of there. There's always the villain, always, always have to have that antagonist, but you have the villain, you have the heroes in the story too. And in those big sagas, it's like Luke, Han, and Leia. Same thing for your business. You need bank accounts that are battling the expenses. I'm putting in air quotations here. Those bad guys are villains, those expenses. So you already have an expense account. You need to now open up three other bank accounts, a profit account, a owner's compensation account, and an owner's income tax account. Because those accounts are specifically for the owner's benefit. Profit is for taking the return on the risk of starting your business. The owner's compensation is if you are in the business working daily in it or weekly or whatever, then you need to take some sort of salary or compensation for the work that you do. Then the owner's income taxes, if you're making money and you don't have a ton of rentals, you're probably going to be paying taxes. So you got to make sure you're saving for taxes throughout the year, especially if you become more profitable, you'll need to be saving for your taxes. So that way it doesn't come down to tax time. And you're like, shoot, now I got to fix and flip two more properties or sell two more or sell a rental here to pay my tax bill. So that's where setting up those three accounts gives you a lot of peace of mind. Then there's a fourth account besides the operational expense account, the income account, which is basically just holds all the deposit. The deposit comes in, it stays there until you transfer it to the proper bank account or the proper bucket. You allocate it to that proper account. But that's how we, like you were saying, so many people just have that one account. And that's very confusing. If you've got a bunch of money in there, who knows if it's private lender money, if you're a real estate investor, or if it's your money, if it's profit, if there's taxes in there, if you need to pay yourself, if you need to run another marketing campaign, that's where it gets very jumbled up because as a real estate investor and owner, you're probably not going into your QuickBooks or financial data software very often, but you're probably checking your bank accounts on a regular basis. So if you can separate those out and say, hey, I actually have profitability and hey, I can actually pay myself and I have you know, money here to pay my expenses, you know, so being able to separate those out to see very clearly where you are as the owner and not as a finance person brings great peace of mind to a lot of the people we work with and the people that implement the the Profit First for Real Estate Investing System. So just a reminder, everybody, simplecfobook.com for more details on the book and and grab yourself a copy. It might even be available for some pre-orders. So David, this is is where things start to fall apart though. We have, you said you have uh, things coming in to one account and then you have to, you send it to to the individual accounts. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I, that's, that's where I see a lot of people will, will, just say forget it then it's it's too much work too much to hand off is have you found a way to automate what you're suggesting or what, how would you suggest people do this first 
I want to battle that mindset for people of if you're happy with your business and you're getting exactly what you want from it, why would you change? Then don't change. If you are not happy with your business and don't and you don't sleep well at night because you don't know where your money's going, there's something's got to give. Let's at least let's control the money instead of having it control us and our thoughts, our actions, and having us live in fear. So first of all, let's get past that barrier. Then secondly, if you're, because if that's going to stop you from setting up this system and transferring and doing that, then it's like, well, we got to get better somehow. This is a system for actually to manage the cash. But there are some people who have either their team that if they are building a big team, they've got people that transfer for them and they know they the owner sets those percentages in order to transfer to those to those different accounts. Then they have a team member do it. Even though we tell the owner the first couple of times you should do it just to see the amount start to build up and kind of feeling that. But then also there's some banks out there that do it automatically too. You can actually set up uh, by percentage, there's some online banks that some people that we work with have that do that automatically. But I will say it's getting into a rhythm. How often are you selling a property? Is it once a week? Well, then do it once a week and don't make it a burden on yourself. Make it fun. Like, hey, I just told my money where to go. I've got money now for another marketing campaign. I've got money to pay myself. I've got profitability at the end of the quarter. You know, cash, true cash in that account. It's something where yeah, because that's where we get pushback. It's like, oh, I have to do this or that. It's like you realize what you're actually doing, though, is helping yourself become a profitable company and seeing a true cash profit in your bank account. Like you, that doesn't get you a little excited to transfer that money, you know, at least at the beginning. So that's where we tell people do it at the beginning. If you've got a team, use it, utilize the team. If you can do it automatically, great. Set it like that for a quarter and then revisit it next quarter to make sure you're on track to move to go in the right direction, you know, because a lot of people, they first start this system and they might be like, I can't do, you know, 10% to profit or pay myself 30% or whatever. You know, I've got a ton of expenses. It's like, we'll start where you are. If you're at like 95% of operate, you know, your operating expenses to your revenue, then maybe you need to start at 95% there. But that's where every quarter you should be reevaluating. Are we getting better? Did we lean out this quarter? Is there anything we could cut? Is there any way to add more revenue in order to get these numbers closer to where they should be? So that's what we do with a lot of people we work with. Sure. So, you know, when you say profit first, like what you mentioned the different buckets and mm-hmm. there's three or four of them there, right? Like yep. what, what percentage do you typically put in each? That is it, uh, you get the lawyer's answer. It depends because <laughs> it depends on where the owner is. It depends on where the owner is currently. We are striving towards TAPS, target allocation percentages or goal percentages for your business. And depending on the size of your business, which any if you're at a smaller business, you're just starting out and making up to $250,000 know, of actual revenue in your business, then you might be at a different percentage than someone who's making a million or 10 million. And those percentages are something that that when Mike wrote his book, he studied thousands of businesses. And when now with Profit First, I was able to study the real estate investing companies and give kind of targets to shoot for, uh, for those businesses. So like, if you are just starting out, you're just doing one or two properties, I would start off with 5% profitability, 50% as a target for owner's pay, because there's no other employees and it's just you out there and you got to support yourself. 15% to tax. So you're up there now, you've got uh, 5% profit, 50% owner's paying, 50% tax, and then 30% to operational expenses. Like 
your CRM or whatever you might be having, you know, like those little expenses you might have before you start onboarding people. Because as you start onboarding people, your percentage is going to go down. Your revenue will go up. Your percentage of paying yourself might go in, decrease a little bit because now you're bringing other people on to offload the work you're doing in order to now for you to do higher dollar per hour tasks to make that top line revenue jump up. So that's where when you first start out, those are the percentages. Then it just starts scaling from there, depending on the size of your business. You know, I think it's interesting that you keep referring to that this is a mindset change. I mean, this is a pretty big mindset change. You know, the the concept of setting aside your profits. And I mean, you're not even going, you're going as far as not only setting aside your profits, but setting aside your the owner's compensation. Yep. I mean, usually that's not the mindset. Mostly, most of the time, the the money is used to do anything and everything else, but exactly take care of yourself. So I have two st- two quick stories. Just that happened physically today, the day that we recorded this podcast. I was meeting with someone who potentially wants to work with us, and I asked what I always ask. I say, you know, be I want you to be very open with me. Are you paying yourself enough right now? You know, and then she started to get teary eyed and said, some months, yes, some months, no. You know, some months we take what we can and some months it's like we're scraping by. And this, these are people making multiple six figures right now, knocking on the door of seven figures, you know, in their business. And they're not able to even out that cash flow and pay themselves. And it's because they have focused on a lot of, and it's not, it's not that masterminds or other places are bad. It's just like you said, it's something that the people don't focus on talking about that as you grow and scale, you should do it to where you're not having sleepless nights, where you're not killing yourself. And because if you, if you burn yourself out, everyone everyone goes away. Your whole business, everything goes away if you burn out. So that was one person who was just like, I need that. I need that comfort of I can pay myself consistently and you know that it's worth it. And they've been in business for like four years in real estate and they're still at this place. Even though they're getting better and healthier, they just, they need someone to guide them and direct them. And then in my own business, this morning, I had a, a, a call with my CFO because what's good for the goose is good for the candor. And I told him, I said, I have had the mindset of even while we're growing, I'm, I almost feel bad taking more out, you know, like right now, because, you know, because I could invest it or this or that. He's like, are you taking what you need? I said, sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no, almost like that like the other mm-hmm. lady. And he said, you as the owner need to be paying yourself and be comfortable with what you're taking out. And he's like, hey, what about this amount? How about this amount? What do you feel about this? Oh, okay. You're good at this amount. Well, then let's bump it up just by this much to make sure you are set because if the owner's not comfortable or the owner's not paying themselves what they need, the whole business suffers. Their personal life suffers. You know, like if they have a, they have a, spouse or children, you know, they, you don't want those other things spilling over if there's a system to help and to help that mindset. So for me, it was just great comfort of knowing like, this is okay. We're growing. This is normal. Like we can do this. We can pay ourselves and pay the people that we employ and do this and not have to feel bad about. It. That's one of the biggest things that most people battle is they come from if they're not an entrepreneur family already or don't have a heavy background of just taking risk all the time or doing that or whatnot, they might have the W-2 mindset of like, 
oh man, you know, I like the security. I like this, but I'm, I'm nervous to give myself a raise or I'm nervous to take more out because I, I want to invest and I want to buy that next property or whatnot. But if you don't, if you don't come from a place where you're not making decisions out of fear, but out of the appropriate actions that you need to take, then you need to do anything you can to get yourself to where you don't have to worry about the money when you make the decisions. So you're taking care of, is your business healthy and making those mindset shift of, you know, I'm not, me personally and a lot of the people listening are not Apple or not Amazon who at the beginning could get venture capital and go into the whole millions and billions of dollars before they started turning a profit. That's not a typical business. A typical business has an owner who needs to eat food, needs <laughs> to you know provide for their family, needs to have that taken care of, their basic needs. And that making sure that not only the business serves that need, but is healthy and able to grow when they want to grow. Because so many people try to grow from a place of non-profitability and saying, you know what, I just need to spend more money and I will grow. And then how many people have you seen that that has just taken them completely down because they're putting fuel in a, in a plane that's already going down? Mm-hmm. So it's just making sure that, yeah, it's so for me, it's big mindset shifts because there's a lot of people we work with who feel bad about taking money, who, who some of these people are making a lot of money and have saved it and just don't feel good about taking it out. And it's like just telling them this is okay. This is normal. Like you need to make sure you as an owner feel comfortable with where you are with your money and that you're directing the money and that it's not controlling you. You know, I, I, I can't help but think of the, the concept that, you know, we help a lot of desperate people when it comes to when we buy their house. And as such, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, it's the convenience we get, we get the property at a discount and, and they're acting out of desperation. What David is suggesting here is, is treating your business in, in put it in a position where you're not reacting in desperation. Mm-hmm. I, I really can't emphasize that enough. I mean, we have to, and, and it, it really does help weather those ups. It really does. I tell people a lot of time, if you're living deal to deal, you'll take any deal that comes across your plate. And it could be one that could be your next big loser. You need to be able to make the decisions coherently and like make the decisions from that place of we know what's going on with our money and we know what's going on with their business. So that was a great analogy of you don't want to become that desperate seller in your own business when you're making the decisions in your day-to-day operations. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's say everything goes well. You, you, you make, you put all of these, you, you set up all these accounts with your, your local bank. You start to get into this habit and routine. And I would definitely would encourage people to like, if you're especially starting in real estate investing, uh, get into the habit early. Even if you're just doing a, one deal a year, just, just, just get this process under control. You have this 5% bucket that's a profit and it's sitting there and it's growing, hopefully. Uh, you're, re- you're, you're paying yourself out of a different bucket. What, are you, what, do, you, what do you do with that, with that bucket eventually, that profit bucket? Well, this is the exciting part because this is why people get into business. So what we suggest and Mike suggests in the original book is every quarter you look at that and you say, first, is there any debt that we need to pay down? 
any bad debt that we have that we don't that we want to get rid of. Or as a real estate investor, you can also ask the question, is there any good debt? Do I want to pay down my properties or not? And you can, that's a personal decision. The other, then if you say, well, no to both of those, then you say, then I'm going to take a profit distribution. I'm going to physically take up to 50% out of this account for whatever the heck I want to do with this money, because this is the profit and this is for starting the business, taking that risk. So that's what we suggest people do, which has been incredibly fun as people that we work with start to build those accounts. We just had someone take just last this last quarter. It's um, we're in October when we're recording this. So the third quarter just ended and someone took a distribution and it was one of their biggest distributions to date. They took 50,000 out of their profit account and they're doing whatever they want with it. And he was just like, I would have never felt comfortable doing this. I never would have saved the money without a system like this. I would have never had this. And this is, this is not money for marketing for his own owner's pay and like his regular compensation. This is above and beyond everything. And he was able to withdraw that money. Another client that we were with, he was able to take a two-week vacation with his family, go on the road on an RV with his profit account because he was able to take that and use it for whatever he wanted. That's what we love to see with the real estate investing community is what do you want to do with it? Do you want to pay down other stuff? Do you want free and clear portfolios? Do you want like, what are the dreams that you have? That's what this profit account really is for. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And I, and I love that you share these type of stories. I mean, I think it, it really drives home the possibilities there. It is. Yeah. Can you tell me, like, give me an example of like the biggest turnaround you've seen so far? Oh, it was probably that guy that I was just talking about with his vacation. He came to us several years ago. He's been working with us for several years and he came to us and he had lost $70,000 for the entire year in his business. So between his flips that he was doing, the rentals, the overhead, you know, his accountant basically said, if I was going to go into fix and flipping after looking at this, I'd have nothing to do with it. You know, and he just was feeling really dejected. His wife started working in the business during that year too, just to make like ends meet and like help him out. She started having seizures because it was so stressful. You know, it was like all these things just going wrong. His health took a turn that year too, because he wasn't working out like he had done on a regular basis. But then the next year, he was like, something has to change here. <laughs> like, either we have to shut this down or we got to do it a lot better. So he started, we met at a mastermind together. And he said, you know, I heard you help people with profit first and implementing. And I said, yeah. And we just, you know, we're fractional CFOs. We help you with the whole financial side of things and the mindset around it. He was like, okay. So then we did, we helped guide him implement profit first. He was very adverse to like setting up all the bank accounts we suggested and just typical, typical, like what most people combat us with. And we're like, just do it and trust us, you know, that trust the process. So he did that and started to see, he started to know his numbers. He started to see the money in his bank account, started to see the profit growing, started to, he started realizing too, that this was something that he could control. Like he, he could say, how much are we going to put into these accounts? How much do I need for the business? Can I pay all the people that I have here? You know, like making it very introspective. Then at the end of the year, after going through that process for, you know, nine to 12 months, he got another call from his accountant at the end of the year. And she said, Joey, you know, his name is Joey. He said, she said, Joey, 
this has been an incredible year. You know, like I'm looking at this now and he's made net over six figures in his company. He's got some rentals too. So she said, you know, like with your rentals and with, you know, your profitability, you owe taxes. He's like, wow, I actually owe this year. He's like, that's awesome. And that was like his mentality because of the year before he got like a refund. So he said, you know, I, this is amazing. But then she said, the kicker was, she told me on the phone that that this is how much you owe in taxes. So he said, let me look at my account. And he went to his tax account and he had exactly what he needed, like almost to the penny of what he had saved for. And he's like, where do I send it? I'll send it right now. It was like January. And she's like, what? And he said, yeah, I'll send it over right now. I've got it in my account. So he said, I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Like we had saved for the taxes. I was in the black. We've gotten this. And then like fast forward another year, like later, this is now he's taking vacations. He's chosen also not to scale his business like he thought he was going to. He's like, I like this lifestyle business. I like traveling. I like using the profit account for this stuff. I like what I do during the week. And, you know, I focus on the business during this time. And then the rest of the time we get to do this fun stuff. So it's even helped him as a human being know this is what I want to do. I want the lifestyle type business versus scaling up versus some of the people that we work with, you know, where they're like, oh, now I can scale up and scale up profitably. But with him, that was probably the biggest turnaround. And the he's got perpetual success of being able to use the profit accounts and, and figure out what he wants to do, you know, like with his business as well. So you mentioned that you people hire your company as that transactional CFO. Like how, how uh, involved do you get in, into their business? So, and it's a, we, a fractional CFO is a, is a CFO that you hear, you know, of like on a corporate CFO or whatnot, like that's a chief financial officer. And they're usually $150,000, employee that sits on your seat and does all this analysis and stuff with us as a fractional CFO fraction of because we're a fraction of the, the price of a regular CFO and we're not there as a full-time team member. So what we do is we get people to a rhythm of meeting with us at least bi-weekly or weekly of looking at the numbers, looking at the, the bookkeeping, the CPA, like everything together, implementing profit first and getting the cash flow system in place. This is, we make sure that the owner knows what's going on from the financial aspect. So upfront, when we do onboarding with people, it might get really in depth of like, Hey, the numbers are a mess for the last few years. Like, let's get this to where you at least know where you stand. Then we can go from here and do the planning and the bigger type projects together. But we get in there and like most people that we've worked with that are even, you know, a million dollars to $10 million don't have basic business finance acumen or business finance knowledge. So we're just helping them understand. Here's some basic things to do. Here's the basic, you know, like what you should be paying yourself to pay the employees to like help just make sure that you are in a good spot. So we get, we can get pretty in depth with people, but then we want people to be making these decisions and feeling comfortable of making those financial decisions because once they have the data, it's a whole lot more, a whole lot easier to, you know, direct what they want to do. Right. Well, I, I just want to point everybody one more time to simplecfobook.com and uh, take a look at that book. Uh, David, this has been a great conversation. And before I let you go, is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today? Is there a question I wish you would have asked? 
No, I was trying to be, I was going to be witty or something, but I'm not fast enough to do that. So <laughs> I don't think there's any question that I think you would have asked. Uh, no, I'm just very blessed that we can, you know, I want to get this message out. So profit first for real estate investing. I want to just, this can help you just actually be profitable from your next deal. After reading the book, transfer, if nothing else, transfer to open one bank account. If you're like five bank accounts, seven, 10, whatever, that sounds like too much. I implore you one bank account, open it up, call it profit and transfer 1%. Just get in the habit of profitability. So that's what I want to just beat home over and over again is start getting in the habit. Would love to go on your journey with you with this book and see if that uh, at least gets you started on the path. So really appreciate you. Uh, having the me on and having the book promoted here as well too. Yep. No, this is a great conversation. I hope you'll come back again sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.